So I really don't want to get into politics, but I'm just going to start off by saying it would take a lot of blood and guts for Donald Trump to really lift the restrictions this week. He said he would yesterday. It would take a lot of blood and guts for WWE to actually go live on April 4th and April 5th um, with WrestleMania rather than doing it taped. It would take a lot of blood and guts for AEW to be running blood and guts tomorrow night. And while all those things would be gutsy, they'd all be really, really stupid. So for people out there that are complaining there's no blood and guts tomorrow night, I get it. I really do. You know, I would love to see that that happen. I'd love to see what happened, what they set up last week. But here's the thing, folks. The President of the United States and the CDC are both recommending no gatherings of 10 or more people. If you're talking about blood and guts, that's a five-on-five match once everybody gets in there, plus the referee or two, whoever they were going to have, plus the cameraman right around the ring, um, it just is not feasible in the current climate. So yeah, they set it up last week. They probably were negotiating with TNT about whether they'd be able to do it. TNT nixed it, and they had to they had to um, go to Plan B. I have no absolutely no problem with it. And the same thing with WWE. You know, I mean, those guys are doing what they can to give us an entertaining wrestling product right now when. Nobody else is really able to run much. You know, you, there's no baseball, there's no basketball, um, there's no as Mark as as Mark Henry said, it, and and cracked me up. Uh, there's no uh, golf, tiddlywinks, marbles, or beanbag toss right now. You know, it's it's pro wrestling or bust as far as as live entertainment goes right now. And whether WrestleMania is live or not, I mean, does it make sense to? To do a show live when you don't know if there's going to be travel restrictions, when you don't know if somebody's going to get injured, you don't know how it's going to come off. I mean, it makes perfect sense to tape it if they're going to be doing it in, in an empty arena anyway. So anybody who's down on these companies for doing what they need to do and for giving us this entertainment, I am not down with you. Um, I think you need to wake up and, and realize we're in a new normal right now until we're through we're th- until we're through all this. This is the way it's going to be, and we're going to need to get used to it and just accept what we can and just kind of, you know... Watch, this, watch the people that are willing to give us the entertainment that we need during this time where we're all kind of crammed up in our houses and facing these shelter-in orders and this epidemic that um, went that increased by 33% yesterday. I haven't heard the numbers today, but 33% yesterday. 300 deaths to 400 deaths is crazy in one day. Um, this is your host, Dan Manchi and Sabunia. Welcome to Kingdom of Honor. My good buddy Jeff is on the other end. And how's it going tonight, Jeff? Well, I'm sick of being at home. Um, it's uh, other than that, everything's good. Uh, I this the part that I think annoys me the most about all of this is never mind the fact that they're going to you know from what my understanding is they're going to tape a couple of uh, matches a night to keep the amount of people out there, so, you know, so that they can stay under their uh, limit of the amount of people that they can have in one gathering. Um, but regardless of that, and I'm talking about WrestleMania, but regardless of that, people need to stay the fuck home. Seriously, this is never going to be over if people sin and stay home. I'm done. But, I mean, there's people in California that has, where there's a shelter in They're going to the damn beach, thousands of people at a time. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, what? People? Seriously, it's... 
the average is over six and everybody goes down there for spring break just to kill off florida it's just mind-boggling it's i mean i get it like like you said okay um i needed to go out today to get a station um but you know i made sure i brought along clorox wipes and everything and it's not even in you know i i, I think there's only like one confirmed case in our county but it's still the fact that still the fact that you know I, I went out and needed to get something, so I brought along Clorox wipes. I made everything, you know, was um, handled with care. And people on the beach in Florida just piling on top of each other. I, I get it. Not in the, the risk at, wrist age band, but someone else. Just stay home. It's not that difficult. Go to the store if you need to get groceries. But for the most part, stay home. Yeah, you know, you know, Tampa we have already, internet. Already had, yeah. a, already had a bad one-two punch with having WrestleMania canceled and getting and getting the old decrepit Tom Brady on their team. Do they really need to have people dying from COVID out, COVID nineteen all at the same time? Come on. Oh, poor Tampa Bay. At least they still have Jacksonville. <laughs> <laughs> Lord knows my Dolphins aren't going to be. Sh- of AEW, Jacksonville, Florida. Right. So, I mean, and this week, you know, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time. You want to um, listen to 19 Talk, you got CNN. Just try not to get too paranoid because of the fear-mongering that unfortunately happens. Um, we'll do our best to not really talk a whole ton about it. Uh, we've got, we act, thankfully, thankfully for wrestling, we get entertainment. And thankfully for streaming services, we get a chance to go backwards in time and watch this entertainment. And tonight, we're going to talk about something that happened within the last few months. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I just want to, I don't want to, like, suggest on this, but he, but he said, you know, don't panic and, and don't be you necessary, know, which I totally agree with. But at the same time, also use common sense, use the precautions they're recommending. We're going to be okay. You don't need 800 rolls of toilet paper, but we're going to be okay. I need 800 rolls of toilet paper. I poop a lot. You know, I actually saw a buddy post on Facebook that all the people whose houses I toilet papered when I was younger, you're welcome. Right. Exactly. <laughs> 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 um, you know, and, and guys, if you're looking for more wrestling um, entertainment, of course, check out YouTube. Unfortunately, uh, while I am um, being a stay-at-home dad and working, too, not, uh, we're not able to do our weekly or our bi-weekly shows that we've been doing uh, exclusively for YouTube. We're going to have to suspend our, our Patreon exclusives, but Jesus, we still have a ton of content out there. So be sure to check out our YouTube channel. Also check out our Patreon. Our Patreon has a ton of on there. And, you know, we've got some great subscribers. Clifford um, is one of them. Kathy and Ryan, Michael, Stephen. We appreciate all of it and everyone who's a subscriber. And um, I'm actually contemplating. I'm still running finances and everything, but I'll probably end up giving a free month to everybody who's a subscriber here in the next couple uh, in the next couple of months. Um, but there's tons on there. So head over to our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash kingdom of honor. A small donation to us really helps us out and it uh, gives you guys a ton of content to listen to. You know, what's interesting. We never really talked about the, we don't, you guys don't usually talk about the business end of that very much, but is there a way to set it up? So that if somebody buys like, like, uh, pays for like five months they get a, they get a month free so they're getting six months for the first five 
Not yet, but I did just recently, uh, like within the last couple of days, I set it, set it up so that if anybody were to sign up after the first of the month, they get that entire month for free. So anybody that signs up for, uh, you know, right now, they do get the rest of this month for free and then it wouldn't charge them until the first of next month. And I'm, uh, for the people that are already subscribed, I'm, I'm looking into possibly giving them, uh, it won't be, it won't be April guys, but I'm thinking about me and just giving you guys the month of May free for anybody that's already subscribed. And then anybody that subscribes now going forward, the way that I have it set up is if you if you subscribe after I, I want to say it's like the fourth or the fifth of the month, you'll get the remainder of the month for free. Why don't we get so right now you get. We don't, even, we don't even know that we need new content in April. That's a good point. Well, I have a feeling that things are going to like even out a little bit in my life, so we might be able to start doing uh, at least the Patreon exclusive show next week. Okay. That should be a doable thing. Um, but I, I, am, I am planning on giving our current subscribers because we do have a lot of faithful people that have stuck with us through some options and uh, especially in the, the beginning stages of all this. So I am definitely giving you guys a month. The, the people that are um, subscribers currently, I'm going to give you guys one month free. I just, like I said, I just don't know if it's going to be April because I'm still trying to figure out exactly how to do it. And like Jeff said, there's plenty of content out there we can cover. Um, so don't worry that Kingdom Water won't be around, even if there, even if. I mean, we know that NJPW is canceled through the end of May. We know that uh, Impact or uh, Impact is basically shut down through the end of May. Same, same with NWA. Same with Ring of Honor. Um, but we're still going to be. We're, we still have other things. You know, we're don't. So don't worry, we're not going to be around. You know, we've we've talked about Will Osprey's free show on YouTube. I think we've got, I think we're doing that next week. Um, we're going to cover WrestleMania for sure. We're not going to preview WrestleMania because, goddamn, that would kill me. But we're going to we're going to preview <laughs> it. But we're going to review it. Um, and then we're talking about doing Bound for Glory 2000, which is one of my all-time favorite pay-per-views. And I think it was a good is a good way to look at it to see um, Rhino use that title as as the world champion. At least as pay-per-view as the world champion. Spoiler alert. Um, but then he loses it two days later with the TV tapings to Jeff Jarrett. So um, wasn't that see, also to see like what would have happened if that if Rhino would, if they let Rhino stay on top of that promotion. That was also the night of the. That was also the night of the greatest match in TNA history, wasn't it? The triple threat match with Samoa Joe, AJ, and CD. I'm probably one month later. Um, but I, okay, I can't. I know. I know it was 2005, but I can't remember which. I, I couldn't remember if it was Bound for Glory or if it was the next pay per view. It was Unbreakable. Um, but, oh. but I, uh, which I, but I fairly. But I, but I believe this is also the very first night, the first night of the very first month ball, and I think it's AJ versus Christopher Daniels in a in a uh, thirty minute Ironman. And uh, keep in mind another thing that we want to cover is one of our favorites. He made his debut in uh, MLW and he's feuding with Filthy Tom Lawler. So we'll be covering. They've um, had a couple of different a couple of matches. Two weeks ago on one, this last week it was a. Uh, eight-man tag between Killer Cross and Davy Boy Smith. So it's definitely, and I know we talked about covering that as well. So we do have a lot of content coming up over the next couple of weeks. And by the time, I'm sure we'll figure out some more stuff. So stay tuned. Absolutely. Um, so tonight we're covering, um, as um, hard to kill, Impact's latest pay-per-view offering, and and uh, you know, unfortunately, we've to bed for a while. Um, well, not the, well, not the last event for a while. They did do a couple since then, but but the last pay-per-view event, at least for a while, they're you know lockdowns canceled. Um, 
think their next was next week view um, on Simple also. That's that's canceled too. Um, I don't think it was Unbreakable, was it? I thought it was um, with an R. Redemption. Yeah, I believe. Could be. I, I don't remember, but their next their next coming up in is canceled as well, but um, or postponed at least. Um, but you know, one of our you know basically the we felt well. I liked Hard to Kill better than Jeff did, but we both felt far and away the best match on that show and one of the of the year was Eddie Edwards versus Michael Elgin. And top five. Wasn't it one of the top five TNA of all time? I, it was definitely yeah. shortlist of top ten. Yeah, but top five for this year as well, I would say. So, right. Yeah, absolutely. It was definitely one. We, we had it at least in our top ten of, of um, TNA matches. I think, it was, I think we did, we did, it did land in our top five, didn't it? I want to say it did. I mean, we huffed it, but there was it was hard to find five matches that were better. I know, you know, there's three or four, but it was really hard matches that were were better. probably one of my favorite matches of all. And that's what <sighs> negative out. I it's has been shit lately. I, I noticed that too on your end, but the um, I was hoping we started, I don't think we got that. I did. Just out of the- <laughs> Well, the uh, matches between Eddie and Logan that were, you know, equivalent or at least comparable to what we got at the pay-per-view. And I honestly, I don't think we got that out of any of these five. I felt like their match at, at the pay-per-view, Hard to Kill, was so well done. It was such a great back and forth. It, it um, made them both look great. And I felt like the first time Eddie looked kind of like a chump. Um, and it was mainly to continue Elgin's storyline. Um, I guess I, I guess I can see where you're coming from with that. I, I actually enjoyed most of the matches. I, you know, what, were they as good as we saw in the pay per view? No, but, um, you know, it, it's tough. It's tough to necessarily always have that with a TV match where there's where there's more time limitations on it. Um, sometimes there's more crowd limitations on it, and they were trying to tell a story with, throughout this throughout this thing rather than it just being a one match one-off match, you know, and, and a lot of this stemmed from something that happened in that match between the two of them, which is that Michael Elgin had Eddie Edwards in the Crippler Crossface, and yes, I'm still going to call it the Crippler Crossface, I know people don't care, don't like Chris Benoit anymore, but that's the name of the damn movie. I was so, wondering if you were going to do that. <laughs> so I'm still going to call it that, and I, and I do want to watch that, uh, that the latest um, Dark Side of the Ring about Chris Benoit um, and David Benoit. Uh, probably I'll probably watch that tonight or tomorrow, um, and you know we'll we'll see how that goes. But anyway, um, Elgin and then Edwards was crawling towards the ropes. He did he slammed his head on the mat one time, and which you know which really these days could be considered a tap out. And Elgin was ar- was arguing that he actually submitted, and that's what ended up costing him the match. As he was arguing with the referee that Edwards had submitted Edwards, you know, then he goes for the Elgin bomb. Edwards rolls him up, and. Edwards gets his first ever win over Michael Elgin. So now we roll into this best of five with Elgin saying, hey, I beat you, and Edwards saying, no, I pinned you. And whoever wins his best of five is going to get the trophy, um, the call your shot trophy to get a shot at whatever title they want. But Elgin says he's going to challenge Tessa Blanchard. And then Edwards said, yeah, I'll do the same thing. Um, And... So I, I thought they had a nice story coming in it. And, and, you know, we kind of saw that first match, Elgin proved his point. You know, Edwards, again, didn't tap out to the Crippler crossface, but he did pass out crossface. 
Which that I didn't have a problem with that. My problem with it was they were so evenly matched in the hard to kill match that during this one, it just seemed like Eddie got his ass kicked from pillar post. He didn't seem like he was in the match at all. He got what one or two, maybe three move decent moves off. But for the most part, Michael Elkin just literally kicked his ass for 15 minutes. Right. And it, it just, it, it just to me, I I would have rather seen, you know, I I'm I was okay with the finish. I was okay with Edwards, um, you know, passing out and and Michael Elgin proving his point. I just wish it had been a little bit more like it was with Hard to Kill, where yeah, Michael Elgin beat his ass because of the power, but then Eddie was able to get some technical moves on him and just make it a little more competitive of a match. To me, it just seemed like it was, um. It, it was like, okay, everything you guys have done, we don't care anymore. We're going to do this now. Well, I think they were trying to tell the story where, because the, the second match a lot that was a lot of that, the same thing, where, where you know, Elgin was hitting Edwards. Edwards would try to hit him back and try to stand there and take it, and he would get hit and hit and hit, and he finally ended up succumbing to the Elgin bomb. And so, right. and so, and so then it's it's 2 nothing, and and, you know, Elgin... Basically, throughout their feud, he had been he'd been just hitting Edwards with everything everything he had. And, and Elgin is a big, strong guy, built like a tank. You know, basically Dr. Dusty Williams, but for the but for the two thousands. And Edwards would stand there and take because you know if, if we if we look back at two thousand eleven, which we're covering right now, Edwards was nowhere near as built as he is these days. I mean, he, he looks like a totally different guy. Not the way that it, not the way that Michael Cole does or that Tom, Tommaso Ciampa does, but Adam Cole, head. not Michael. Yeah, might, have, might as well be Michael. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> he's better on the mic than Michael. Yeah, he's so he's still clearly Eddie Edwards, but 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 certainly he's he's a lot more built and uh, with more mileage on him and and just a bigger, stronger guy than he was back in 2011. Um, but still, trying to stand toe to toe with a guy that built like a tank, even if you're almost the same size, it's going to take its toll on you. I think that's what, that's what they were trying to tell is that. Yeah, Edwards was able to to, to withstand that and, and get some strikes back at hard to kill. But the more he takes it, the more it's it's weighing on him. And so then in the third and fourth matches, he started ducking he started ducking out of the way and avoiding those shots rather than standing up to them. And he was able to get See, no, roll up victories in those two. Go ahead. To me, that storyline would have made more sense if they had done it on back to back weeks. The fact that breaks in between gave Eddie time to heal. So it it just, I, I get where they were going with the whole taking its toll and everything, but the fact that they had breaks in between the matches and it wasn't five straight weeks. I, I, I would get, I would have gotten that storyline a little bit more if they would have came out of hard to kill and immediately had a match, you know, storyline four days later, five days later. That would have made more sense. But the fact that they had, what, was it a week or was it two weeks? Two-week break before that first match. And then they had a week break in between the first and second match. Mm-hmm. It just, it you know, Eddie had his time to heal. So where that story that they were trying to tell just wasn't as believable to me as it would have been had they been just, you know, boom, 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 back-to-back weeks. I could see that a little bit more where he's like, oh, my God, Eddie's getting his butt kicked. He's worn out. I, I think that that might have been where my issue was. You know, 
I can see where you're coming from with that. I totally, I totally see that. But here's my counter to that. You know, we they said both in the first couple of matches of this series and in the match at Hard to Kill that these matches were taking years off these men's careers, which is a cliche we've heard in wrestling over and over again. But I think the point in this feud was that they were proving that was the case. Like, it didn't matter that there was a two-week break between two matches, or there was a one-week break between two other matches, or there was a three-week break there in there as well. It was simply the fact that Edwards couldn't keep taking those shots or he was going to risk his career. He had to find another way to counter Elgin because he's such a tough customer, and he, and he kept hitting him on and on and on, and they were having this series of matches. You know, I mean, you, you, could, you could train for that, and you could try to build yourself up for it, but... If you're also quick enough to duck those shots and get out of the way of them, why stand there and take it and get your ass kicked? Right. And so, and so yeah, and I mean, Edwards found a different way to wrestle him, and then was able to get the roll of victories in the in the second, in the third, and fourth matches when he when he was. I know, did in sudden death, basically. I did really like the fact that he um, you won the third match by outsmarting Michael Elgin. And that's literally what he did with the roll-up, is he just outsmarted Michael Elgin. And once he, once he was able to do that, then it, it made everything a little bit more tolerable. Um, the fourth match, I thought, was amazing. That was right back to what I had expected out of Hard to Kill. Mm-hmm. So that, I, probably, that, that, I, that probably, one I was... That was probably the shortest match of the series, wasn't it? The fourth one? Yeah, it really was. Um, the fifth match I, I thought was I thought was really really good. In fact, probably the best of the five was the fifth match. I just it, well, it's wait, so wait, it's wait, wait 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 before we move on the fifth. I, I, I'm sorry. Before we move on the fifth one though, why don't you, you said you liked the fourth one so much, but you didn't talk about the way that that one ended with with him with Michael Elgin trying to get cute and get a roll up the way Edwards did, and then Edwards again outsmarting him by doing a double roll up to pin him. Yeah. And that, I mean, that was, that was a really, it was, again, it was showing, you know, where we got to see Michael Elgin's power in the first two and just decimated Eddie because he overpowered him. It was nice seeing Eddie, um, outsmart Michael for two straight matches. Exactly. Uh, and then going into the fifth match, it, it was, I hate to say it, but out, uh, ever since, you know, now we're bringing back Benoit again, but, but the Benoit Booker T best of five, was the only one I've ever seen a best of series where it hasn't been, hasn't had a finish like what we saw, you know, and the whole time I was watching the finish of this match, I was thinking exactly what you said a couple of, it was, I don't, it might've been last year sometime, but we we're watching something where there was a timer and somebody tapped out with one second left on the timer. And the finish of this match kind of brought me back to that. When you hear the ref counting one, two, why would you tap out? It was, uh, you're talking about the uh, Iron Man match between Jay Lethal and uh, Octopus Guy. Jonathan Gresham. Gresham. Yeah, Jonathan Gresham. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he tapped out with a minute to go with an Iron Man. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's like, couldn't you hold on for that extra half a second? And then the fact that it was badly timed anyway. Um, He did clearly tap out you know, a good two to three or seconds after the um, final pin or the final, mm-hmm. uh, you know, after the three count, you know, so he didn't time it very well, first of all. And secondly, why, why would anybody tap out at that moment? You know, that would have been a good 
spot for a double t- a double pin maybe you had the two referees in the match um why not have a double pin situation where one referee saying no i counted his shoulders down the other one saying oh i counted his instead of the way they did it where i counted this but the other guy saw the tap so he you know claimed that was the victory it just that that ending just to me was more maddening than anything because it just didn't make any any sense at all in in like the real world the other big problem with it, Jeff, was that the announcers made it a point to say that Eddie Edwards had never tapped in his career during this series. Right. You know, and that's why you know that's why he lost by pass out in that first match. You know, he was never going to tap out. He had he had too much heart to ever give up. And I guess technically he has not lost a match by some, but you know, by tap out still. But he did tap out in this match. So they can't ever they can't really ever say that anymore that he that he would never tap out because he proved that he would in this match when he was in when he was right when he was in the position to win like you know to your point you know I mean we, T- we we've really seen it done this, this I don't think I've ever seen this particular type of finish done this poorly before or in no I haven't either situation and it was the whole setup to it with like you said the fact that you know eddie edwards has never tapped out he's got this uh iron heart type thing and you know he'll never give up and and that's basically eddie's whole gimmick mm-hmm. is that he's never going to tap out and then the fact that he not only tapped out now you took away one of eddie's probably biggest points to his gimmick you um timed it badly so it was it looked horrible on TV. It made no sense to the way just common people live. Uh, you know, it, it's there was just there was so much wrong with it that it really kind of took down what was a hell of a good match. Yeah, it, it did, and 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 really, I was I was hoping they wouldn't do this. I was hoping that they would actually have a winner and not go to this stupid. Um, draw type of type of finish here and then set up a triple threat i mean first of all we don't need a damn triple threat as the main event of a paper of a world title pay-per-view it's the it's the, it's, it says of first ever world title defense on a pay-per-view and now she's going to defend it against two guys that have been kicking their, each other's ass um for the last three months and and i realize it's not going to happen right now it's going to be postponed and they're going to do something to build it back up but Still, it doesn't make it. It does not make any sense to, to do this in, in this particular junction because now what's going to end up happening, in my opinion, is first defense is going to beat the two is going to beat the two toughest guys in the company. No, it shouldn't. That should not be the case. You know, it, it, I could have I could have bought into it. You know, had I forgotten the hard to kill match period, and just followed the story of, you know, the power and the uh, you know outsmarting each other and all this stuff. Um, you know, with the first two matches, it was Elgin with the power. The second two matches, it was Eddie with the, you know, the brains and the technique. Had it been done in a way where, um, you know, Eddie or Michael, I'm sorry, had hit like a uh, bridging suplex and somehow Eddie had been able to hold his shoulders down while he was getting counted out. That would have made more sense to the story that was being told through the five matches. It would have made more sense to the way, you know, these two being evenly matched, just one being a little smarter, one being a little stronger. Um, you know, if, if there had been something like that where it had been a double count out as opposed to basically taking Eddie's entire character and destroying it over five matches, I, I think I would have been a little more happy with it. I agree with that, but I but I still didn't want it to end this way at all. I wanted, wanted I wanted. To no, I would have rather. Victor. 
know? Yeah, I would I would have rather had that too because and I don't know who I would have rather had. I mean, they both have their, you know, they both have their benefits. But I think it it the ending either way had it been a decisive victor or even the double pin I think could have been done so much better to protect both these guys. Cause let's face it, Tessa might be your, um, your champion. Sammy is probably the best overall character, but Eddie and Michael Elgin are two workhorses of this company. They're the two, you know, top draws when it comes to, uh, believability in the main event, when it comes to, uh, actual wrestling performances, these two have been on fire for over a year. So yeah, to and, see, and, and, and you know, I would have said that about a Brian Cage, you know, two years ago, but he's he's basically taken the last year off. He's been ridiculous in in his time off. Yeah, he really hasn't been around. Even they've done. I don't. I don't know if he's in a contract thing or what. But he, you're right. He hasn't been around. <coughs> yeah, I mean, who takes? Who but takes I mean, basically a year off because you get married. I mean, what the hell? God, I wish I could have. I might actually get married again. You'd probably you'd probably like to have the years off your marriage actually. Well, that, yeah, there is that, but that's besides the point. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just – when you look at these two, these are probably the two top guys. And I'll give everything I can to Impact. They've done a lot. They're, they've got some great storylines going on. They're, they're building some good young talent. Um, they're relying a little too much on the old ECW guys, but they are starting to get a little bit away from that. And – Eddie, but to me, Eddie and Michael Elgin are probably the two top stars in that company right now. When you take out Sammy, who's ever since he lost the belt has really been non-existent. Um, that's, that's, that's his whole thing is, is he was going to come up. He was, is he was going to, he's going to come back when it's, when Tessa Blanchard least expect, expects it. Well, hopefully it's soon because the show really is missing without him. Although I am liking the, um, I did watch uh, the second one because I wanted to watch the Ace Austin Tessa Blanchard match, which I thought was phenomenal. Um, I hated the ending with Taya Valkyrie coming in, and then all of a sudden Taya is now challenging for the world heavyweight title. Did uh, sense to me, but uh, regardless, um, there was one spot that happened right before that match where Johnny Swinger is, Swinger has been trying to get uh, Willie Mack to be his tag partner, mm-hmm. and then we get Disco Inferno coming back. I I want to see where this goes. I never liked Johnny Swinger. I don't know that I've ever liked Disco Inferno, but the two of them together is intriguing. Okay, so yeah, the Ace the Ace of the match I would not say was phenomenal. It was, it was very good for what it was, but you know, it didn't even have an ending. How to say it was phenomenal? Um, I thought the match. I thought the match, the build up. I thought the the way that those two have some pretty decent chemistry. I liked a lot of the match, but that ending was just not good as far as saying you know it doesn't make sense for you you had it like it didn't make sense for Ty valkyrie to be tessa blanchard's next challenger for the world title which means absolutely which is absolutely incorrect it makes perfect sense because she beat her for the knockouts championship she pinned well, tessa blanchard to win that championship she beat her again in a no holds barred match for that championship and she held. She is the longest reigning, not just knockouts champion, but the longest reigning champion period in Impact history. And so for and so and so now that there's a woman woman on top, it made perfect sense for Taya and Tessa to be the first two women to wrestle for that championship. And that, while I agree with that, I, I'm and they, and they still a match, having a match on Impact the next week. So I'm, I'm guessing you didn't watch it. 
No, I haven't yet. I it's on. I'm I'm saved. It's ready to go. I was gonna watch it, and then all hell broke loose, so I didn't get a chance to. But, um, the uh, I I I understand where that story is coming from, and the fact. I think what I'm upset about is the is more the fact that Tessa really became the king of the mountain way too early. I I, I mean. I, I think she deserved the title at some point, but I still think it came too early. Um, I want to say a good six six to eight months too early. I think she should have struggled and 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 won a few more tournaments to get other, you know, title shots. I don't think she should have won her very first ever title shot. I agree that she got it too early for her career, but I think for the story they were telling, she had to win it at the time she won it. Unfortunately. Um, but I also, but I also think that, you know, Taya was the right challenger for that, for that time, because, you know, she was one that had a legitimate stake to acclaim against Tessa Blanchard, you know, really the only one that did besides Ace, Ace Austin and, you know, and Michael Elgin, Elgin, Michael Elgin, Sammy, Sammy, um, Callahan, and, and you could, you could argue Brian Cage, but, you know, but Tessa Blanchard had, I'm Taya Valkyrie had on the radio right now, boo. Because she had won the knockout championship from, from Tessa Blanchard and had never been beaten by Tessa, and now that she yeah. lost to Tessa, it's really put it's really put together a nice storyline for Taya, where she's kind of having this, you know, she lost the knockout championship, she lost her shot at the Impact Championship, and now she's kind of on a downward spiral. At the same time that Rosemary's on a downward spiral, so these two frenemies are back together again, which is really kind of which... an interesting storyline. Yeah, I like anything that's got rosemary in it lately. She's just she's uh, she's on fire. I just I, ever since she came back from the great beyond and her little um, whatever was going on with Allie, I think she's been she's been great. I, I and we got to hear Justin Havoc talk too. So yeah, I do feel like we got Sue Young. I do feel like we got Sue Young back too soon, though. I don't know. We got to hear Jessica Havoc talk. <laughs> so there's that. We did, but I think, you know, I think that Susie hadn't, I don't think Susie had run its course yet. You know, I thought there was more no. story that to be told before the Sue Young came back. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, that is true. And I will say that I, I am impressed with what Impact's doing. Um, they've always been on top of the game when it comes to the knockouts division, um, even storyline-wise. And, and that goes back to the old TNA 2007-8-9 time. They've always known wh- exactly what to do with women, how to tell stories with women. I think they've done a really good job with a lot of their male talent. Um, my only downfall with them has been the uh, the reliance on the ECW originals, especially people like Rob Van Dam. Otherwise, I think Impact, is doing a phena- is doing a fantastic job with what they've got to work with. Yeah, you know, if it was just a couple of guys, like, and you know, Sabu coming back to help, I know was just ridiculous. Um, but right, but um, you know, if it was just Rhino and Ken Shamrock, I think I'd be just fine with it. But you know, John the Swinger being around is really irritating, especially when he doesn't even have Simon Diamond there to be with him anymore. Um, right. Mean, no fault to Impact. Simon Diamond, you know, passed away as a member of the Impact roster years and years ago. But um, you know, I, um, that was the only time that Simon, that John Super was interested in me was when he was in team with Simon Dine. Um, and then, you know, Rob Van Dam, we've already talked about is, is, you know, not what he used to be, but, 
but but actually this stuff with Joey Ryan is intriguing too. So I don't know. They're, they're, I think I, I think they've really kind of found a nice niche for Rob Van Dam. Obviously as honestly as a heel right now. I have been fast forwarding anytime he's on my screen, so I haven't even seen anything going on with Joey Ryan. Oh, you should I just I watch it. The, the stuff with the stuff with, all right, maybe I will. with Katie Forbes, Joey Ryan, and Rob Van Dam has been very interesting. All right, maybe I'll go back and watch it. I just it annoys me when he talks about how everybody steals his moves. Um, and you know the only reason there's wrestlers now is because of him. And we've talked about it before. He was the farthest thing from an innovator. You know, he created some decent moves out of chairs, but, you know, outside of one or two chair shot moves, he, he I, I can't look at him as being an innovator of offense when you've got guys like Alex Shelley and uh, Greg, uh, Shane Helms and people like that out there. And Mortis, you know, Mortis is another one. I agree. Um, All from around the same time. And then, and then there are other, of course, there are, there are other member of their roster that's a hardcore. You're, you're never going to get me to say a bad thing about Tommy Dreamer. So, um, oh, I can't. I can't either. So, so I mean, I mean, you know, he, he, so for me, for me, Tommy Dreamer can do what he does to, you know, until he's 80 years old and I'll be fine with it, just like his hero Terry Funk did. So, just you know, Tommy Dreamer after he sh- uh, shed his pretty boy image in ECW, he hasn't done a single thing wrong since. And that's why, and that's one reason why I suggested, you know, that you know, if, if you know, depending on how long this thing lasts that we're through going through right now, I mean, finding some House of Hardcore to watch and cover, I think, would be an amazing thing because that's, you know, focuses on the indies that we like. It also has some ECW stuff to it. It's got some fun shit going on in it, and it's Tommy Dreamer. So, you know, I, I, I would love to be able to, to watch some House of Hardcore with you and talk about it. Yeah, there's been a few times that I've I've kind of groaned at some Tommy Dreamer matches because it he they kind of run him out there to do the same shtick over and over and over again. But when you watch it and actually dissect what Tommy is doing, the fact that he's what fifty three years old now and still able to perform the way that he does and take the bumps that he takes is it's it's very Terry Funk. <laughs> it really is. guys that are hardcore legends you're never going to get me to say anything bad about one of you know one is terry funk one is mick foley and one is um tommy dreamer you know and, and oh don't get me wrong when they have a when they have a shit match i'll call them out on it but ultimately for their career i'm never going to dog any of those three right and, and you know i think i think two of those three have, have you know have a legitimate claim to being considered you know the best the best of all time and they're not in my opinion the best of all time but i think they have a legitimate claim to for hardcore legends or in general? Well, I mean, you and I have talked about how, you know, how Terry Funk is, is kind of like the ultimate professional wrestler and that he would do anything he could to win a match, you know? And, right. And, and he had such a career, well, he has such a career that, you know, he, you know, he basically had like three stages of his career where he was fantastic. So if somebody, if somebody, if somebody were to argue with me that Terry Funk is the greatest wrestler of all time, I would certainly sit down and, have, and listen and listen and hear them out. And have the discussion, especially when you look back at his early career when he was such a great technical wrestler. He's a lot. He's a lot like uh, Jericho, Chris Jericho, where he just constantly reinvented himself, and he was able to do it in a way that carved him out as one of the best of all time in a couple of different genres. Like he might be one of the best hardcore wrestlers of all time, but he could possibly be one of the best technical wrestlers too. Exactly. And then Mick Foley, I mean, with 
I mean, I, I don't think you can make a legitimate argument that, that Mick Foley is the greatest wrestler of all time. But I think you. But I. But if somebody were to try, it would certainly I would certainly listen to it. And I and I think that the, you know a large part of that would be the guys that he put over to get to the top. You know, I mean, the guys that he put over like Steve Austin and The Rock and The Undertaker and Triple H and Randy Orton and Edge. You know, I mean, that those are six yep. Hall of Fame caliber guys that would not be where they are in their career without the contributions of Mick Foley. Well, and not just that. When you look back at I, 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 it was a match he had against Sean. It was a match he had against Sean Michaels in '95, um, where I was it '96, where he. Um, you look at the way that he created matches, and that's a perfect example of the match that uh, the match he had against Sean, where he took real life situations and somehow worked them into matches. Um, to the point where they, you know, they looked like it was a, um, like it was legitimate, but it ended up being kayfat or, you know, ended up being a work the whole time where Sean was, Sean always had a temper when somebody blew a move. Um, and he would noticeably yell at people and call people out in the ring when they blow a move. And one spot in that match they had um, in mind games where Mick, um, they had planned that Mick would blow a move and Sean would just yell at him in the middle of the match to give it a little bit more energy. You know, so when you look at something like that, Mick has got an amazing wrestling mind to be able to pull something like that off. Yeah, I mean, and the, to me, the only thing that, that keeps him out of that discussion is just that he, you know, he, you know, he, he uh, his body was so broken down, he really couldn't have that much longevity, you know? Yeah, he really did have a short career. He had a stint in, um, you know, in WCW, then that little run in ECW, which was great when he basically spit on the WCW titles. Um, you know, and then his run as Mankind up until... And he was the most entertaining commissioner we ever had on, on WWE TV, too. I don't know. What about Sergeant Slaughter? No, uh, well... <laughs> I think between Fo- I think between Foley and maybe Stephen Regal, or William Regal, they might have been because I I think uh, Foley's antics with Edge and Christian, and uh, Jericho's antics with William Regal are some of the best commissioner moments ever. I think so too, but I I don't know that I want to sit there and grading commissioner moments. So. Um. No. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I, you know. I, I'm interested to see what, the, what these companies are going to do, like Impact and Ring of Honor. I mean, Ring of Honor's already said they're going to be putting in, putting together television packages with matches nobody has ever seen before, which is great. But I wonder, you know, how these other companies are going to be able to kind of make hay with it. I mean, Impact has only had their own network for, what, six months now, and now they're kind of handicapped by this. Um, New Japan is going to have yet another year where their tournaments are all fucked up because the Olympics were just moved yesterday to 2021 in Japan mm-hmm. rather than 2020. So now for two straight years, the G1 is going to be moved. They, they can't even have it this year. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting to see. It's, it's going to be interesting to me to see how, how these wrestling organizations recover. Small sips are, though. How these wrestling organizations recover from this um, stuff going on. But, you know, if you're an independent pro wrestler, I think I think it's a it's a good time for you to catch. Yeah, you're, you're, you're struggling. You're not going to have the money coming, which really, really sucks. But the... But uh, the other way to look at it is, you know, you can heal back, you can heal from those nagging injuries. You can think about things to do with your character and new moves and practice that kind of stuff. So, um, 
I'm really looking forward to seeing what these companies and wrestlers do when they're able to come back and, and work crowds again and, and do the stuff that they love. Um, I just think that we need to I, all, as wrestling fans, I think we need to all take kind of heart in to something that um, Lizzie Hale said, which is, you know, as much as, as a performer and as a fan, I want to get out there and perform, you have to realize that you can't right now, you know, sit, you know, you know, make an album or, you know, work on your riffs or write a book or, or something, you know, because can't, because uh, this virus doesn't care how brave you are. And if you want to just say how brave you are, go look at the toilet seat. Right. Exactly. Uh, I don't, it, I'm interested to see what AEW is going to do tomorrow night. I really am. I, I wonder if they're going to be able to have a show like they did last week, which I thought was really well done. Um, I want to see how much more food Sean Spears can eat in a two-hour episode. Dude had to have gained 20 pounds last week. Um, I, I, I don't know. Have you heard anything? Are they going to do like WWE has been doing where they're showing classic matches, which I guess they don't really have. No, they've got a card announced. Um, okay, they're just they're just canceling because of the amount of people involved in the in the um, war games match. They're just canceling that. Yeah, and you know, and, and really, the other th- thing with that is, do you really want to be doing a match called Blood and Guts, where you're going to have, probably have lots of blood in a time where people's health is is a, is a huge concern? I don't think so. You know, um, yeah, it's pro- it's probably a wiser idea, and and they, it's something that they can always postpone. I mean, the storyline. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to continue the um, Adam Page story long enough to do it, but you know, who knows? Um, it is something that they, they can always still do the. They can always still work somehow the elite versus the inner circle, even if Page is still a bad good guy or a bad guy, or if they have to bring in somebody else. You know, Nick will be healthy by then, so. Who knows how they'll do it? They're doing a, a live face to face with Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho ever tomorrow night. Um, and first time, first time ever. And and they're doing a this will be inter- this will be interesting in the era of social distancing is they're doing a lumberjack match. Interesting. I think it's Luchasaurus. How can they do? I'm not mistaken. How oh, that when they can't have more than there? And then get this. Our boy, Kenny Omega, will be defending the Triple A Mega Championship against Spanish God. Oh my god. I've never been so excited to watch a dynamite. And we also get Cody versus Jimmy Havoc. Again, never it's nice to see Jimmy Havoc back on TV too. Isn't it? Yeah, so I mean they're doing some they're doing some a, a solid another solid wrestling show tomorrow. Well, good, and, and I hope they—I I hope they're able to pull off what they did last week because I thought last week was a really good job. Yeah, and, and you mentioned you know doing things like doing classic matches, but they've also been doing in-ring. They've been doing matches. They've been—they've been doing stuff to set up um, Daniel Bryan, uh, um, Sammy for the Intercontinental Championship. They've been doing stuff to set up the tag team title matches and stuff like that. So. It isn't like they're not doing matches at all. It's just that they're doing a limited number of them, which is totally understandable. Yeah, I think I think on Raw last night they did three, three maybe four matches. So they you know they didn't do a whole ton, um, but they, they did do some really good segments and. Go ahead. Uh, they did do a couple of really good segments. Um, one that is really 
make you interested is um, Rollins versus Owens. I mean, Rollins called into uh, in a promo he did last night, which people are claiming is probably the best promo he's done in years. They're calling in. He was calling into the, the fact that um, you know he's undefeated at WrestleMania, or not undefeated, but you know his win loss record at WrestleMania is almost unblemished. Where Kevin Owens is never won at WrestleMania. Well, huh, I didn't know that. I didn't know Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens never won at WrestleMania. I guess that's true. So, so Rollins only defeated WrestleMania was the same night he won the world championship, right? Yep, his only defeat was when he uh, that ridiculous RKO from Randy Orton. Right. And then he went on later that night to win that title. Yeah. That's a pretty damn good record. Yep. Yes, it is. The, the only other guy that can really claim that, well, I shouldn't say the only other guy, but uh, it, it's kinda, it kind of harkens back to when Edge and The Undertaker faced each, each other at WrestleMania 4, they were both undefeated at WrestleMania at that point. Really? really All right. Well, I, I, I have Arlo. He's decided he doesn't want to sleep right now. Okay. Any more social media so, you need to get tonight? Um, no, let me recap it again. Uh, YouTube, of course, if you're listening to us, like it, subscribe it, share it, um, ring the notification bell. Uh, we're going to be getting back hopefully soon um, once things settle down a little bit on my end to um, doing the exclusive show every other week. Uh, also our Patreon, patreon.com slash kingdom of honor. It's a great way to help support us and, um, you get a lot of, uh, content by doing so. So, and of course, Twitter, uh, I'm at Regi Co-op. He's at Zanman LOP, uh, use hashtag DAD and hashtag KOH. And we love to talk to everybody that we can. I do anyway. You know, we really should, we really shouldn't have given Tesla you know, against Taz. Oh, what the... Damn it, Taz. AEW announces Taz will live recap episode right after it goes off the air on YouTube. On AEW's official... You know what, Taz? You know what, Taz? I take back every nice thing I've ever said about you. (laughs) away from us. What the hell? Anyway. Right. (laughs) Give us that hour. You can recap it at 10 p.m. But we will will be back with you tomorrow night for... for, um, Dynamite, and then again next next Tuesday we'll be back with you with more Kingdom of Honor talking about the latest free show from uh, Will Ospreay. Um, stay tuned tomorrow night to Imps LOP Radio awesome. Adventure. On Friday, I would I don't know if, if uh, NW Legacy Series is still going on, but if they are, all we've got, we'll try to do better next time. This is Shane saying long days, pleasant nights, and Jeff saying goodbye. G1 Climax 27. Goodbye. And good night. Bang.